Look what you did. You were going about your day, normal, normal day, right? And then you went and stumbled upon a cruise podcast. And this right here, this is that this is that exact podcast that we're talking about that you done stumbled on. It's called the Always Be Booked Cruise Podcast. And we're going to talk about a few things today. We're going to talk about um, a gentleman who, who, who practices witchcraft. Uh, maybe not witchcraft, but magic. And um, there was a gentleman opposite him who didn't want to see that continue. We're also going to talk about you and what would you think you would want to put in place if you were going to start a cruise line. We're also going to talk about the Royal Caribbean. They're in a little bit of a proverbial tussle with some people in Nassau over this beautiful new Royal Beach Club that they're going to put in place. And we got some other stuff to talk about. We got Tommy's top five. Tommy's top five today is going to be about my five favorite venues on cruise ships. If I've ever, and this, the key is inside. So basically any indoor venue that I've been able to enjoy on cruise ships, we're going to talk about my five favorites. Just after this, Let's start the show. Oh, we back for another one, right? <laughs> Bags are packed. Hey, Tommy, you ready? Let's go. We going in. Hey. It's the night before the cruising If I'm honest, I ain't sleeping But even if I could, I'd be dreaming About this weekend, all the fun we about to have As we taking this vacation Always be booked on our way to embarkation Cause we know it's in store Pockets and palm trees, tropical sea breeze And frozen daiquiris, oh please Thank you sir, yes I think I'll have another Please don't blow my cover, cause I'm passing on the muster Bring a lover, bring a friend, bring someone you just met It ain't snowing where we going And the good times never end Here's the five more years, drinking beers, running Pierce, thanks for giving us your ears through the laughter and the tears. But we just getting started out here. Give us a holler if you're looking, you can find us somewhere south of the Bahamas. Getting hotter as we go, cones and we united. So sound that horn, cause everybody's invited. All aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruisecast show, coming to you not quite live from Boca Raton, Florida, way down in South Florida. Beautiful weather, beautiful palm trees, beautiful everything as we spring into spring. Here we go. How good is it to have the clocks? I mean, yes, you lost that first hour, that first night, that first hour of sleep. But how good is the extra daylight? Those of you who are experiencing that type of thing, I know daylight savings time isn't a thing everywhere, but we enjoy it out here. But we're having a good time. I wanted to talk about some cruise news first. We'll do that. We'll talk about a gentleman who got attacked. He got attacked on a cruise ship. Now, if I say the name to you, Ben Murphy, what does that mean? Probably... I'd say not too much if you haven't seen his Australian TV show or if, uh, you know, you haven't uh, been to any of his shows on board or seen any of his magic. Now, entertainers will often have a little bit of a catchphrase that they'll use. They'll say, hey, why don't you break a leg? What do you got, an audition today? You got a show? Break a leg. One thing you don't hear too often is, hey, go break a skull. We're in a scenario where this could have happened now on Wednesday, March 1st. So we're going back a little bit. This story has a couple of legs to it. Uh, Murphy was performing in his uh, in the main theater. He was performing his magic routine. He was sailing on a five-day 
Queensland cruise on board Royal Caribbean's Quantum of the Seas, you know, the Quantum-class ships. This is the official first iteration of the Quantum-class ships. One of his tricks involved a volunteer. Now, the volunteer happened to be a female. Uh, it was performed uh, between him and the female. And the trick, I don't have the specifics of the trick, but I do know it involved uh, passing some sort of a card card-esque type of um, piece of material from one mouth to the other. So there's mouth play going on. You know what I mean? You remember this. I don't know if you guys ever played the drinking game, Suck Me, Blow Me. Not necessarily the most, um, uh, Not could use a little tact with the name. Not the most family-friendly name for a particular game of cards, but it was called Suck Me, Blow Me, and you would put the card on your mouth, and you would suck in on the card, and then when somebody else would come to take the card, they would suck on the card, and then you would blow back to assist them in the card transfer. This was not exactly that. This was placing something in somebody's mouth and then transferring it to another person's mouth from mouth to mouth. Now, this is what happened. So this is the trick, and uh, the volunteer, the person participating in the trick, she consented. Uh, The problem was the partner had left from his seat, the partner of the woman who was the volunteer. Uh, He left, left his seat, leapt, towards the stage and aggressively shoved the magician to the ground, uh, causing his head to collide with the floor. Now, in a short video of this incident, I was uh, able to see it. It wasn't necessarily a long, long version of like what happened after the aftermath, what led up to it. It was a pretty, pretty, it was a pretty simple, uh, simple video. Now, uh, you could see that the volunteer was shocked by this. She was not expect. She was performing. This was fully consensual. She was performing in the act, but you know the partner did not feel the same way, and this caused some ramifications. And yes, the magician ended up getting uh, she. So then she tried to restrain him. So then it was over. But I don't know what happened after that. Under the video, he posted, "My assault on board." Entertainment, comedy, and magic are not contact sports. Well, it's not a sport at all, is it? Uh, Guests should not have been allowed to enjoy the rest of his cruise. Now, I got to agree with that. So this guy, in summation, rushed the stage, planted the comedian. Comedian hit his head. Uh, Confusion because the volunteer did seem like she was giving consent. And then what's the aftermath? The aftermath is nothing. That was the weirdest part. You have to kind of be curious as to that. You can't, a cruise line can't allow an audience member to go and assault a performer. And this is what happened. While he did finish the show and two others later that night, Murphy complained that he sustained bruises and some blurry vision as a result of this attack. Now, the medical team did perform an examination on Murphy, but they also advised him to see a neurologist after he got off the ship as well. He did seem to be disappointed with the lack of action taken by Royal Caribbean. Uh, He said statements should have been taken by the witnesses that day. How they said there were no witnesses to this baffles me, said the entertainer. Now, that's, I mean, I guess when they say there's no witnesses, that's simply dumb, right? I mean, this was in an auditorium. The point of this whole incident was for there to be witnesses, many of them, as many as as many as possible, as many could fit in that auditorium. But, you know, I guess they filled out a report and they said there were no witnesses. I guess they were thinking or at least hoping that this might just sweep under the rug. But, you know, when you have any 
incidents of violence. That's why I have to say, cruising in some ways, you know, in ways like this, is a little bit still the Wild West. Any issues that involve public safety and security, well, not public safety, because they probably have their T's crossed and their eyes dotted with that. But anytime there is a guest that acts out of pocket, a fight, an incident like this, my experience has been the cruise lines don't necessarily handle this uh, properly. I wrote an article in it uh, about it on alwaysbebooked.com and talked about how security issues are not. And this is just another example of that. They didn't do anything to this guy. Like Now, I'll say this too. I don't agree with the trick. You know, this guy's getting a lot of heat. The husband is getting, or the partner is getting a lot of heat as, as he should for jumping on stage and attacking the comedian. But again, my, I guess my uh, philosophy on things security are preventative. Be preventative. You know, any type of tricks that involved spousal mouth play, I don't know. Maybe leave that trick at home. You do not have to sit there and put your mouth within a quarter of an inch of another guest. First of all, it's kind of creepy to me in, in general. If you watch the video, the trick you could say, people will disagree with me about this. And people are like, no, there was absolutely nothing wrong with the trick. And I'm not saying there was something wrong with it. But on a family cruise, you're not expecting a lot of that. And these magicians, sometimes I've seen it a little bit. They want to be a little... I guess seductive or when you go to a comedy show, when you go to a show, when they announce that there's going to be, you know, kind of like a raunchy stuff that's going on. And again, this is not raunchy, but I would say the, the judgment on this to have your mouth up against another, another passenger's mouth who may or may not be in a relationship with someone who may or may not have self-control. I would say nix the trick. You know what I mean? Again, the how I feel about that is mild in comparison to how I feel about how wrong the gentleman was for doing what he did. But again, I just have to say, let's 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 address that. You know, anytime, you know, you there's a lot of comedians out or Bill Burr has a bit, you know. What was your am I allowed to ask questions? That guy just came on the stage and rushed you and threw you to the floor. What was your hand in that? How could you have avoided that? Well, maybe not stick your mouth up against the mouth of his spouse. Again, totally inexcusable. The guy should, and then we'll get to that now. Under no circumstances is Royal Caribbean right in this. To allow this guy to not even get a a talking to, to allow, this guy should have been thrown off the ship. He crossed a very, very clear line. He assaulted not only another human being, he insult, assaulted who, someone who's, in essence, a, an employee of yours. How is this guy allowed to... I guess they just thought maybe we'll just stick it under the rug. And clearly the comedian is... Uh, the, I'm sorry, the magician is not happy about this. And he wants some repercussions. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Again, mishandled. Let's leave it at that. It was mishandled. And I'd like to call it like this. Everybody involved mishandled this. Everybody. All right, let's talk about Atlantis versus Royal Caribbean Beach Club. So back in 2000, Royal Caribbean started this project or wanted to start this project. They started getting the paperwork done and the permission and the necessary, I guess, preparation done for this project that they're going to call Royal Caribbean Beach Club. And what they wanted to do was, you know, go to Paradise Island, which is right proximal to Nassau and build a beach club, you know, 
cruise lines are always looking to expand um, what they can offer guests, whether it's on the ship or on land. So there was a, 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 a good few month fight between Royal Caribbean and the government in Nassau, and they were battling back and forth about whether or not this was going to be something that was in the best interest of Nassau. So uh, there were a lot of concerns. Let's put it like that. Lots of concerns. Now, I guess you have Atlantis too. Atlantis is a resort that I know you've probably heard of. It's got an aquarium. It's got rooms. It's got a pool. It's got a casino. It's got a, it's got a lot of accoutrements that people would like. But the issue is, is that um, this would kind of be in direct competition with Atlantis, who is a customer of Royal Caribbean. They are partners because Royal Caribbean sells Atlantis as an excursion. This, if done right, if ex executed properly, would mean that less people might be going to Nassau because of the, I'm sorry, Atlantis, because of the fact that there is now another attraction to enjoy. Now, Atlantis, I think, sat idly by while Royal Caribbean had a little bit of a knockdown drag out with the government of Nassau. Nassau's concern was that this was there wasn't enough investment opportunity for the locals. Uh, were there going to be enough jobs? Was this going to take away from downtown entities that would suffer based on people not going downtown anymore? And they were just acting in the interest of Nassau. Uh, there was some concerns that were addressed. Royal Caribbean, after a long, I guess, back and forth with Nassau, they eventually came to an understanding, an understanding that would, uh, I guess, put a lot of benefits in the direction of Nassau. So everybody was happy. So now the project has been greenlit and ground was uh, given permission to be broken. Unfortunately, Atlantis was probably hoping it would go the other way. Now that this has been the, the permission is granted, Atlantis is stepping up. And Atlantis put together a document that detailed a bunch of objections that they have to Royal Caribbean doing this. Everything from financial to environmental, most of it seemed to be environmental. Now, this is just a petition that they're trying to get going. Royal Caribbean can break ground, but because of how, I guess, skillfully worded this petition is and how much support it's starting to, I guess, uh, develop from a momentum standpoint, uh, now Royal Caribbean, the ball's in their court to make a statement. Royal Caribbean has said they're going to make a statement on this, how they're going to address these, you know what, let's call them legitimate concerns. The only problem I have with this is... Atlantis, I think they made a mistake here because we know, we know what the real concern is. Atlantis is going to lose some business from this. Now, I'm surprised that Atlantis would step in and do this because I don't think, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I would say is I don't suspect that Atlantis would think that this is a main part of their business. I, you could probably argue that Atlantis should maybe not want all these cruise passengers that are uh, resort for a day type people coming in and maybe taking up some of the, I guess, attractions that would otherwise be enjoyed by their paying guests to people staying at the hotel, which the cruises are not doing. But I guess apparently cruising does provide a, a level of revenue that does cause concern for 
Atlantis in this type of in this particular situation. But I just don't think it's a good look for Atlantis to do this. I think Atlantis should have got with some sort of a PR company or some sort of a third party because Atlantis, there's no way for you to look good with this. We know what your concern is. We know you're going after the dollar and we know that while you're putting all these environmental, I guess, uh, smoke screens in the way, you really just, and I guess they probably are a little upset about it. And one thing they may have some, I guess, a little bit of a legitimate gripe on about is that they, you know, they're, they're citing how many hoops they had to jump through when it comes to being environmentally friendly. And that probably cost them a lot of money to do that. So in that regard, they're like, wait a minute, we came in here. We're, we're, we're part of the community. We're part of the neighborhood. We're, in lockstep with the Bahamas, and we've generated a lot of tax dollars and revenue and jobs for them for coming up on, it's got to be about 20 years now, right? Probably more. And these Johnny-come-latelys from Royal Caribbean are just going to come in, and they're going to not only take money from us, they're also going to be exempt from all the hoops we had to jump through, and they're going to exist on our island, Paradise Island. So in that regard, it's legitimate, but you're going to hear a lot of people talk about the first thing people are going to say is, of course, Atlantis is protesting this or pushing back on this because of the fact that they don't want to lose revenue to Royal Caribbean. So it's a touchy situation, Why? which is why if I was Atlantis, I would have just had somebody come out and do this, you know, just, just sit around, hope it fails, hope Royal Caribbean doesn't get the authority to do this. And then at the 11th hour, then when they finally do, you're going to just now you're going to start your big protest. It's not the best look for Atlantis. But anyway, it sounds like it's going to be a pretty attractive thing. Um, I was listening to Matt Hodgeberg the other day, and he was talking about, you know, he got more into what this thing is going to be. And Royal Caribbean does not necessarily have a bunch of information released yet on what it's going to be, but they're probably going to charge a pretty penny for it. You know what I mean? And it just seems like through the drink package, through a lot of the things that go on on Coco K, you're seeing Royal Caribbean start to push their... uh, Push the meter a little bit when it comes to what they can charge. Matt was talking a lot about their mind frame and their mentality being, you know what? People are going to go on a vacation. Let's let's get what we can get for them. Let's let's get what we can get from them. And let's consider the fact that a lot of people are going to consider this a splurge. And you know what? While they may not see it as a great value, while they, while they may see it as being overcharged, they may just say, F it, and let's write the check. You know what? We cruise... Once a year, once every two years, F it. Let's write the check. You know what I mean? Um, Royal Caribbean is kind of betting on that type of, of mentality. All right, let's keep it moving here. MSC Cruises, they're partnering up with, uh, you know, a little bit of a, you think back to your childhood. Remember the bookstore at your grammar school or your grade school? One thing I always got every year, the Guinness Book of World's Records. What was that guy's name? I'll... I'll Oh, I forgot the guy's name, the big, giant, tall guy in the suit, the lady with the crazy fingernails. Anyway, MSC is partnering up with Guinness Book of World's Records. Uh, in a recent press release, uh, MSC announced a new partnership with the famous publication and company as a whole. Uh, guests on board 
some MSC cruise ships will be able to take part in daily activities that can earn them the right to participate in a stage show where they'll have an opportunity to break actual Guinness World Records. So we do have a quote. We are delighted to join forces with Guinness World Records, said MSC's Steve Lethem. We're always on the hunt for new and engaging concepts for our guests. This partnership provides unique and enriching entertainment at the highest level. Uh, That's a little strong, right? Highest level. Are these stage shows from regular cruisers, are they going to be entertainment at the highest level? I don't know, but we'll see. He continues, and we look forward to continuing to offer a dynamic range of exciting experiences for guests of all ages. The overall experience will include live stage shows where guests will attempt to break official records. Uh, There'll be trivia, knowledge-related games, children's programs, and family competitions. An official representative from guinness world records will be on board and their job will be to well this is big time guys understand this is they're not playing around here their only job will be to verify and certify when official records have been broken big time stuff so if you ever wanted to get in the record books hop on board one of the uh, participating um, msc cruise ships that are doing this partnership with guinness all right guinness anytime i think of guinness I can't help but just think of the the beer, like a, like St. Patty's Day. It's St. Patty's Day today, and we're talking about Guinness. That's a beautiful thing. All right, so Royal Caribbean is doing something a little different in the way of their art program with their newest ship, their upcoming newest ship, the Icon of the Seas. The cruise line announced that they will be looking to spotlight a few artists local to the Caribbean. Now, they're going to feature their work in highly visible areas on the ship, and this is really, really big and really cool because of the fact that you know, this is going to be the most celebrated cruise ship, the most anticipated cruise ship since at least Oasis of the Seas in 2009. And, you know, if you're looking to blow up, as they say, you get your you get your work on a ship like this, you're definitely going to turn some heads. The Artist Discovery Program aims to feature nine large-scale murals throughout three different venues on the megaship that are meant to tell the story of the Caribbean from a local point of view. Uh, Royal Caribbean CEO Michael Bailing said the artist discovery program is a project that is close to our hearts at royal caribbean international because the destinations we visit are family vacationers want to immerse themselves in the places they visit this is a way to spotlight the beauty of the local cultures and people in places they see and enjoy every day on their cruise the art will be displayed throughout the ship in areas such as the royal promenade the suites neighborhood the ship's main entrance and if chosen the artists will receive a grant from the cruise line that could be as high as $100,000 for the completion of their work. Now, the criteria for eligibility is that the artists are from the destination, a destination that Royal Caribbean sails to. The cruise line is focusing on the following three submission opportunities. Number one, embarkation murals. This is where the journey begins. They want to see beautiful art when people immediately get on the cruise ship this is going to be worth fifteen thousand dollars in a commission budget number two the royal promenade this is the cruise ship's main thoroughfare they're going to offer fifty thousand dollars as a budget for commissions on this uh on on this particular project and number three the sweet sun deck now that's where the vip bar is the pool some dining and the budget there is going to be for twenty thousand dollars for artists if you're 
you're out there listening into the in, from the Caribbean, and you know, I know there are at least 17 of you, five samples of original conceptual work that is currently not on display should be sub- submitted to art submission at rccl.com by no later than April 4th. All right, ladies and gentlemen, now it is time for Tommy's Top 5. That's right, each week I go into my top five favorite. It could be a port, it could be a feature, it could be an item, it could be whatever it is. It's just a top five list of things that I like. This is a new segment and we're having a little fun with that. What I want to do first is invite you to check out our Facebook group. We have a Facebook group called the Always Be Booked Cruise and Travel Lounge on Facebook. All you have to do is find it ask to be let in. It's members only. I will let you in. You behave yourself. You make nice with the beautiful people in there, and we all enjoy ourselves. This is where we do our community building. We talk. We poke fun. We laugh with each other. Uh, we enjoy, uh, I guess, other each other's experiences. We share pictures, photos, videos, answer questions. It's also a, a very reliable source of help if you have any questions, and that is the Always Be Booked Cruise and Travel Lounge on Facebook. I also have a patreon show if you like this show and you'd like to support it and or if you'd like to enjoy five extra shows per week i call it the wake up show we celebrate so many things regarding cruising we celebrate you know what cruise ships are where at what times we talk about when the sun is coming up in those particular ports of call you know a lot of you go on cruises who listen to this show who participate in the group and if you happen to be on some of those ships we talk about transatlantic cruises you know how daunting and how kind of i guess psychologically what would you call them unique They are, they can be at some point when you do experience that five days of just kind of looking at water and seeing the seas and kind of just, you know, we extend that. We extend the sailor's prayer. We talk about a lot of that stuff. And again, it's just a place where we, you know, uh, the Patreon is also an area where I'll go off the cuff a little bit. I'll talk about things that are not cruising. So if you like when I go off track and talk about things from my personal life or my past, whether it's working in the restaurant and bar industry or whether it's just the personal Florida living type of stuff uh it's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash always be booked patreon.com slash always be booked eight dollars a month you get an opportunity to support this show and the efforts that are behind it as well as get yourself five extra shows a week i call you mega cones when you do that you become a mega cone and um you'll never know how much i appreciate that for real i mean that is it so we'll get into the top five right now uh we'll talk so this is a unique top five because i couldn't do five i couldn't break it down to just five in this particular situation um i was only able to get it down to seven we're talking about my seven favorite venues tommy's top five is tommy's top seven this week now these are in no particular order these are just my seven favorite venues i'm going to start with the one that's most fresh in my mind and that is playmakers on freedom of the seas i was so delighted to walk into this venue i was coming out of the casino i saw the lights the bright lights the i mean you want to talk about you pick your local sports bar where you go to watch a game and have a beer and some wings. And how many TVs, how many beautiful crystal clear LEDTs to LED TVs are lined behind the bar throughout the venue? 
matches up on playmakers. You have four or five, uh, three or four pool tables. You have an arcade. You have plenty of bar seating. You have plenty of comfortable table seating. You have high vaulted ceilings. You have plenty of space. You have very, very clear, crystal clear sound and audio. Um, granted, it's a lot of cricket. It's a lot of basketball. They, I think they upgraded. You know, five years ago or so, it was a lot of cricket. You'd have to sit through a lot of cricket and a lot of curling and a lot of uh, soccer and other international sports that us as uh, American ladies and gentlemen aren't necessarily glued to as much, but they stepped it up. A lot of college basketball, a lot of basketball. I'm sure they're going to have plenty of baseball, hockey, and uh, playmakers on Freedom of the Seas. Now, there's other playmakers, and I enjoyed the hell out of those playmakers. And I could also say that I haven't been on some playmakers, too. I hear they're beautiful on the Quantum class of ships, Quantum Ultra class of ships like odyssey i want to get on playmakers and odyssey i've had my eye on that venue for a long time but as far as the venues that i've been on in my pushing 40 cruise ships now uh playmakers on freedom of the seas is one of my favorite venues on any cruise ship anywhere number two this is an outlier this is a unique one digging in the crates here carnival miracle the mad hatter ballroom uh really cool unique venue every cruise ship seems to have a couple of staples you have the main atrium you have the main theater you have the nightclub uh you know you have all these theaters and then a lot of them have the main show lounge and you walk into a lot of them they all have a little bit of a different style a different vibe but when you go on to the mad hatter in on carnival miracle it's loaded with just freaky Alice in Wonderland type decor. The thought that Joe Farkas put into this thing, some people uh, make fun of it a little bit. They call they they go in there, they feel like they're on an acid trip, a bad trip or something, uh, with all the you know crazy references with Alice in Wonderland. But uh, it's it's a very difficult venue to explain. But in an area of the ship where it's otherwise just meant to be, you know what? Play the back roll. You're not supposed to, the decor in this room is not supposed to be the feature. What's going on on stage is supposed to be the feature. Having said that, the Mad Hatter Room on Carnival Miracle steals the show a little bit from what's going on on stage, and I like it. Number three, Spinnaker Lounge on the Norwegian Gem, and you could probably extrapolate this out to any of the gem class, uh, the jewel class ships. The Spinnaker Lounge to me is really, really, really cool for multiple reasons. Yes, you have the stage, so it acts as a show lounge, not unlike the Mad Hatter Ballroom. It serves that purpose. If there's a performance to be had, comedy, uh, live music, bands, whatever, it's 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 built perfectly for that. It's also built as a pseudo nightclub as well. Right underneath that stage, there's a pretty spacious dance floor. A lot of the club nights would happen in the Spinnaker Lounge. Yeah, you have the nightclub, the Bliss nightclub too, but it was way more comfortable to really be in a nightclub setting or a dancing setting. Whether you know, we don't have to talk about whether I hit the dance floor or not. That's not for to be discussed right now. But uh, if I did, it was embarrassing. Let's just call it that. Uh, but uh, Spinnaker, and aside from that, during the day, it's such a nice, cool, calm uh, observation room. You know, I know they have observation rooms on a lot of the newer Norwegian ships, the Breakaway Plus class ships. This is not exactly that. It's not as multi-storied, as elaborate of the beautiful floor-to-ceiling windows. But the windows are floor-to-ceiling. They only span across one deck, though. But when you walk into the Spinnaker Lounge during the day, 
it's such a chill place to be. There are little video games that you can play, but the, the, the room is big. It's comfortable. It's cozy. It's almost like a hidden meeting place. It's almost like you get the same feel that you would get during the day uh, in the main atrium, sort of like uh, multiple walks of life kind of coming and going through there, whether they're having some drinks and playing cards, whether they're watching a performance, whether they're catching a seat that's right up against the glass so they could see what's in front of them. Beautiful, beautiful view of the, uh, of the water in front of them. So much to do. It's such a versatile freaking room. Sorry if I said freaking, I don't know why I added freaking that was unnecessary, but it's a great room. I'm enthusiastic about it. Let's just say that. Number four, Jazz on four, Oasis of the Seas. Now, I am not a jazz aficionado. I can't name you more than four or five jazz uh, musicians, past, present, or future. But what I can say, when I went into this particular room, it's got me listening to jazz. Yeah, the entertainer and the band, they were great. But there's something about this room, and I think it's on most of the Oasis-class ships, but they have a room that's dedicated to jazz. You walk in this room, the acoustics could not be better. They're absolutely perfect. Now, it's such a relaxing room as well. You're going to have to work to kind of, you know, don't go in when you're tired. You may doze off a little bit. I got a nickname. They call me Tommy Two Naps a little bit here and there, but, you know, shout out to Dualia. But it does, it, it is a scenario where you will go in this room and you will be captivated by the music. It had me focusing on, you know, every piece of the jazz band, like the drummer and how the timing is so important and how and you and you it, it it just put you in the right mind frame to appreciate jazz because jazz is jazz, music is music, yes, to a degree. But jazz is so based around improvising and switching things up on the fly and, you know, the synergy between the musicians and watching the drummer. You could clearly tell that the bass player, it's just because you're watching, that he was in charge of the band. And everybody, including the vocalist, were kind of looking at him to take their cues on the tempo changes and the key changes. And the drummer would have to kind of watch. And I, I think a lot of ways, your ability... Your, I guess, how people judge you as a jazz musician is how well you're able to go from one key or one change to another. Tempos, keys, all that stuff. And, you know, I think that's the mark of a good jazz improv band is how well they work together because there's probably a a learning curve. And then in some cases, you probably, there's probably going to be certain musicians that you just, just don't jive with. And, you know, contrarily, others that you do. And when, the right orchestra with the right piece of music in the right setting, in the right venue, come together, it's magic. And I'll tell you, it had me listening to jazz when I got back to land at work. All the people, my coworkers were like, what's going on with the jazz, Tommy? I don't know. Jazz on four had me loving jazz. And yes, if there was going to be one that came off of this list, if I had to pick one, just because I'm not the biggest jazz guy and so many of the things that I do on cruise ships are not necessarily built around my newfound enjoyment of jazz, I just got blown away over and over by this room. I found myself just gravitating towards Jazz on 4. Ask everybody on the last cruise that I went on, the uh, on Royal Caribbean's Allure of the Seas. I was trying all day to get people go to, to go to Jazz on 4. Uh, not too many takers, but I snuck away and 
got my fill, got my little Jazz on 4 fix. I think it's a great, 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 great room. Uh, number five, Dazzles on Allure of the Seas. It used to be on Oasis. They changed it to the Music Hall. I still really like the Music Hall. It is an upgrade, you might say. Many people would say. But Dazzles, for me, was just a throwback room. I really enjoyed that room because it was a multi-level music venue that had sort of like a little bit of a balcony type of a setup, but also had ground-level seating. It had a dance floor. It overlooked the boardwalk on the Oasis class. And the decor itself just had such a throwback vibe to it. It was retro. It was like if you watch a lot of the movies in the 80s, a lot. it was so Miami. It was so Cuba. It was upscale. A lot of people would probably say it's in a little bit of a tacky way, but when you grow up watching movies like Scarface, what they call that nightclub, the Babylon Room, it just gave you those types of vibes. And yeah, they were playing everything in that music from pop music to country music to cover bands like the Beatles, you know, everything, all the real live music. And it's a little bit of a hidden part of the ship. You know, it's not in an area where there's other entertainment venues around it. It's on maybe I would consider it one on one of the decks that mostly state rooms would be on. But I just love this room. It was always a room that I gravitated towards on the Oasis class of ships. I still uh, let's throw Music Hall in there with it because Dazzles. It just like I said, Dazzles was just such a cool vibe. It was a cool feel look up some pictures of dazzles on the earlier oasis class ships you'll see what i'm talking about but i do love the music hall too uh number six the main atrium on carnival paradise you could probably extrapolate this out across all the other uh, uh fantasy class ships with carnival but I spent so many years not getting it when it came to the fantasy class. I spent so many years, you know, playfully taking jabs at the fantasy class ships. It took me one night. It was a name that tune party. I just happened to be sitting there. I was enjoying the acoustic guitar player that was playing there. And the bartender said, you're going to stay here for the name that tune show, right? I'm like, name that tune? What do I care about naming that tune for? Well, it just happened to be on the second to last night of the cruise. Well, no, I'm sorry. This was the last night of the cruise. And he's like, it's not just name that tune. It's a party. You're going to want to stick around. And I already knew that the cruise director was phenomenal on this ship. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll stick around. And then I noticed as the acoustic guy was starting to wrap up, people started filling up into this venue. Now, think about this too. Carnival atriums way way back in the day they used to celebrate those atriums they used to be big um and and almost like 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 very grandiose very palatial and you know they've gotten smaller over the years because people want to use that airspace uh designers want to use that airspace to fill it with staterooms but back in the day on the fantasy class of ships you felt like you were in some sort of like grand central station type thing because it was tiered out you know, you'd have the people who couldn't fit downstairs, they would be leaning up against the railings four and five floors up. And this creates this energy of electricity. It's almost like the old Yankee Stadium. Again, that's part of maybe part of why I'm not the biggest Yankee fan anymore. Yankee Stadium, before they built the new one, was just this intimidating, exciting place to play. Uh, for 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 the opposing teams, especially in the playoffs, because you had the bleachers and the higher seat, the, the the third tier of seatings would 
would lean over, almost lean over. It was just very imposing. And you got that vibe on the main atrium on Carnival Paradise. And then once he did the name that tune, that's, that became a party, that became some drinks, that became some sing-alongs. And then when he would turn down the music and invite the crowd to sing, there was just this electrifying sound that just, I mean, just went through the whole venue from down to bottom up it was just amazing you got chills when you were there and yes they try to recreate that it's in my opinion that they took that idea which was an organic situation and to me that's why they turned the celebration central into an actual theater on mardi gras and celebration and eventually the jubilee but in my opinion also is that type of that that type of thing kind of causes it to lose its organic luster you know what i mean this was a moment in time a place where something broke out that they may not have expected to happen but because of that party and because of cruise director leon and what he brought to the table on that night and everybody else on the carnival paradise that night that will always be one of my favorite venues, the main atrium on Carnival Paradise. Number seven, we're going really, really old to really, really new. I have to give the manor on Virgin Voyages uh, a slot here too because of the fact that, I, I got to be honest, Virgin Voyages does so much well. They, they do so many things well. Uh, you know, they may miss in a couple of spots, and I think the jury is out still on some other things. One thing they absolutely 100% undeniably nail is the nightclub in the manor. I could tell you I've been on a lot of cruise ship nightclubs and I've enjoyed tons of them. Previously, my favorite was on Carnival Splendor. Love the nightclub, love the layout, loved everything. But the truth is, you know you're on a cruise ship. When I got into the manor, I could tell you it felt like you can get bottle service it was multi-leveled. It was laid out in a way with the laser lights and the moving heads and the sound system and the entertainment and the staff. Yes, I forgot that I was on a cruise ship. I completely forgot that I was on a cruise ship and I felt like I was in a Miami, a Vegas, a New York City style nightclub. They did a phenomenal job with the manor and kudos to them for that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, your emails have become a lifeblood of the show. This week, however, um, we're going to have to find a new lifeblood because we don't have any emails. I guess we took a break. We took off. I will not figure it out. I will not understand why some weeks there are eight or nine emails and then we'll have this week where it's pretty much a donut well not pretty much it's a complete donut uh but luckily we have another story to deal with another story to do and then based on that story i did get some feedback from you guys and we're gonna have a little fun with this so this one's called so you want to start a cruise line and uh the story around it is from ctrade.com they're hosting a yearly trade show it's called sea trade global which kicks off on sunday march 26th and it runs through thursday march 30th Various cruise industry executives and dignitaries will be on hand to host a conference and a networking event uh, that it's going to be, it's pretty much one of the most well-attended events of its kind. To promote creativity and fun, the organizers are creating a Shark Tank style event called So You Want to Start a Cruise Line. Travel advisors and would-be attendees are given the opportunity to submit a 500-word essay on what... Uh, unique and original components they would introduce to a cruise line that they invented. These can be structural, they can be policy-driven, 
products offered, event-driven. They must be submitted by 11.59 on Tuesday, March 24th. We didn't do it, but I still thought it would be fun to get your ideas on what we would, uh, you know, what we would do if we, if the always be booked community could control the cruise line and we could build one up from scratch. What would we do? So partners, contestants who uh, get selected uh, will receive a complimentary pass to the entire week's events. So you start a cruise line will take place at 215 to 345 on Tuesday, March 28th. This is just going to be a fun exercise and, uh, you know, it might attract some questions from major cruise executives. Uh, they'll quiz you on certain things, the feasibility on it. The whole event itself will probably be pretty cool to kind of watch, but, uh, let's get into it right now. So, uh, we have from Steph, she says face up pie glow tables. Uh, so I guess the face up would be the card. I asked her today. I didn't know what pie pie go pie gow tables i don't know what that game was you know i guess it's poker driven or poker based uh, i think she wants face face up cards and that would keep steph uh, that would extend her casino hours let's call it that uh big shout out to wanda wanda wants a drag brunch on sea days she also suggested possibly nude bingo and soundproof rooms next door for your uh, you know i don't know what Wanda's got going on in these rooms. She wants naked bingo. She wants a drag brunch, and then she doesn't want anybody to hear what she's got going on in her room while at sea. The cruising diva. Uh, she says no nickel and diming. Tiffany does not want to be nickeled and diming. Tiffany has undergone some trauma from uh, Norwegian Cruise Line, and she does not want to be nickel and dimed anymore. Shout out to Barbara B. She says, underwater observatory bar. I said this once. I thought that would be cool. In the hull, maybe create a window, and then there's a bar, and you can kind of see what's going on underneath the ocean. I don't know if that's plausible. I don't know if you'd actually even see anything, but I thought that would be cool. But there's probably something in the way from a safety or a structural standpoint that would keep you from being able to, I guess, what would you say, you know, being able to put glass, put a glass bottom in the hull on a cruise ship carrying anywhere from three to 7,000 people. Uh, Carol is reawakening the lazy river idea yes we all do know that there is a lazy river on a cruise ship i would challenge whether or not that was an actual lazy river that would be viable to you know it's a lazy river by name it's a quick little hit I would like a full-on lazy river, as Carol said, on the low decks that circumnavigates the entire perimeter of the cruise ship. I think that would be fun. Uh, what else? Uh, she also says she likes the galley concept for buffets on uh, Virgin Voyages. And she wants a medallion type of scenario for, I guess, your spending, getting in your room, that type of thing. She's, uh, you know, she wants to move away from the cards and go into the medallion like Princess does. Daniel Fields, shout out to Daniel Fields. He said he wants more overnights in ports. I agree with that. Uh, Alex says swim up bars, even though they are introducing that on Icon of the Seas. We'll see how it plays out. Alex also wants phone chargers at dinner. So he wants the tables to be able to have phone chargers. That's that's some serious phone usage, Alex. If you need phone chargers while you're at dinner, that's pretty uh, – you must have a story behind that. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. By the way, yeah, let's promote that. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. If you like emails, 
If you like that part of the show, if you have agree that it's become a life bar, a lifeblood of the show, um, then I would invite you to be the change you want to see in this world and email me at Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Uh, Ryan says moving sidewalks. People movers, like they have in airports. That's interesting. I could see that working out. Uh, Beatrix says two days in each port, much like Daniel says. I would go a step further. I would say yes, two days in each port. Any overnight situation, I like. I want more overnights. We are so familiar with so many of these ports from a daytime standpoint. I would love to see what they have to offer at night. I would say give me a seven or eight-day cruise. Give me an eight-day cruise leaving from Miami that does four nights in West Palm. I'm sorry, four nights in St. Thomas and four nights in San Juan. Wouldn't that be cool? Talk about a very unique, immersive style. You know, I don't know if they would be able to get away with it. I know there's port fees, and, you know, a lot of these ports want you in and out, and I know sometimes there are some complications with it. But that aside, if you can give me two ports of call, and that's fine if I could do a four and four, four nights in San Juan and another four nights in St. Thomas, get an immersive feel, and still have all the accoutrements that come with being on a cruise ship, sign me up for that in a heartbeat, 100%. Uh, Loyalty-based spending. Uh, Loyalty based on spending from Travis. Travis, I think that's a good idea. So obviously with the loyalty programs, it's just based on how many nights you spend at sea, and that's across the board for almost all cruise lines. Let's make it about how much money you spend. If you throw a bunch of money into the Haven, or if you throw a bunch of money into the casino, or if you're a drink package person, why not have that weight your loyalty rewards in some way, shape, or form? I think that's a good one. Uh, Travis, good job. Big shout out to Disco Dancing, Debbie Parker. We love Deb- Debbie Parker. We're still not over. Debbie, I'm talking to you directly right now. We are still not over the fact that you canceled the group cruise. Um, it's not going to be the same without you. You've been on all of them so far, and uh, we're going to really, really, truly miss you on that cruise. Despite the fact that you do your own thing, despite the fact that you do a lot of reading and you'll come into a venue and join us and then you'll be gone just as soon as you got there. You like to keep it moving and we all respect that. But yes, we are all we've all had side conversations with each other about how Deb, you are gonna be a serious void and we are gonna miss you on that cruise. We do understand. Um, things happen, changes happen, other things become available, and you know, just the circumstances change. So I understand you're not being able to make it, but we are going to miss you, and it's important that you know that. Uh, Colin with one L says, a monorail around the ship. I love this. You know, you take this idea, of, if they could do a roller coaster, if they could do Skyride, why not make it so that you have a track system? It's not a thrill ride. Maybe it's somewhat leisure, somewhat functional. Uh Maybe put a bar on there, whatever, but have a rail system that goes around the cruise ship across multiple decks, and it's almost like just like a train train schedule that just goes. It's just a roving piece of equipment that goes around the ship across and up and down multiple decks that will just serve. So if you're chilling 
at the aft portion of the ship and you're at the very top and you want to go to the main theater, you can catch the monorail. And you'll have some stops along the way, but it'll be nice because it'll be a nice ride. Maybe there's a drink involved and you'll eventually get there. I love that idea as well. Uh, Floating kegs in the lazy river. So big shout out (laughs) to the chisel. The chisel comes with floating kegs on the lazy river. So he's assuming that we're all gonna, or already going to get the lazy river. And I love it. And then if you picture this, you're in a tube and you're floating around the lazy river. And then you see, oh, look at that. Floating next to me is a keg. I got my cup here. Let me grab the uh, tap and fill up the cup. I don't think that's going to happen. But I love where your head is. Shout out to the chisel. Put on a big, big show on the Vloggers Cruise. You want to find out more? You ask him. Uh, More outlets in general. And that's Barbara S. Barbara S. says she would like more outlets in the room. I totally agree with that. Every cruise ship should be refitted with more outlets. I don't understand why that is still an issue. Why you still have to get in a a room if you have three or four guests in the room and you can't all be charging your devices at the same time. There should be a scenario where... I mean, you could do it. That can't be that hard to install, even if it's just USB outlets. USB outlets right near those lights that are right near your bed on either side. Many cruise ships have done it. Many cruise ships have installed those. But if you don't want extension cords and if you don't want things like surge protectors brought on board, you can eradicate that problem by just filling that room and, again, This doesn't apply to all cruise ships or all cruise lines because many of them have done it. But there's still many out there who don't. More outlets throughout the room. Barbara, I agree with this. You guys did a great job. Uh, I think we're ready. I think we can open up our own cruise line. I want to thank you guys for listening and or watching, however you're consuming this piece of content. But again, always be booked. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com if you want to be a part of the show. We do have the Patreon, $8 a month. You can get more content. You'd also be supporting this show. Uh, Always be booked. Uh, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash alwaysbebooked. Patreon.com slash alwaysbebooked. Instagram could always use some help with that. Here's an announcement, guys. This won't be too popular. Trivia is finished. Trivia is no longer trivia. The live stream trivia on Wednesday nights are completely done until I get 5,000 YouTube subscribers. So I basically got to double it. You know what I mean? We're going to do trivia. We're going to re-up trivia. New, better, bolder questions, better than ever once I get 5,000 subscribers. So we got some work to do there. I'll make, we'll make it happen. It'll eventually happen. Um, I don't know when it'll happen. I would maybe recommend getting a Snickers bar, but it will happen. But uh, yeah, Instagram, YouTube, always be booked, everything across the board. Thank you guys so much. Oh, and if you want to book a cruise, if you want to see what rates I have, I will be with you every step of the way. I communicate me. I communicate directly with you on the phone, email, however you want to do it, uh, whether it's Getting you the best rate, giving you a bunch of options, and then once you do book, giving you recommendations and taking you through dated whatever questions you might have, whether it's recommendations on anything, 
I will get you whatever answer I can. If I can't get you the answer directly, I will find out for you. But yes, the Always Be Booked Travel Agency is a very, very, very solid entity, and I recommend it full, uh, wholeheartedly. But thank you guys. You guys are the best. Boat Drinks Cones. Boat Drinks Cones.